<laughs> we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while, Joe, since we've been on this show. Um, mainly due to me, but it's good to be back and good to be talking some college football. Good morning, sir. How are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. It might have been the quietest week of the past year that I didn't we didn't do the show. I, you know, I got a nice trip into the driving range. It was it was very relaxing. But now we're back. I miss talking college football. So, so basically, what you're saying is, is me not yelling at you has calmed you has calmed you down. I mean, I did notice a lower level of stress. You know, not screaming it with you on this show, but I, I will take the screaming and talking about college fo football with you over not doing it so i did miss it i absolutely did miss it it was a weird week well we did miss a lot um well yeah kind of but kind of didn't nothing really massive happened other yeah, than yeah. billy napier listened to our show and heard me say that their recruiting stinks and then he kind of went Stop. on a little bit of a run wait uh, really <laughs> yeah oh, no, Florida's oh, oh. Recruiting. uh and then you know you. you know what's interesting too this is why I love college athletics. How in the world does college baseball outdo the NBA draft? Because the NBA draft, first of all, I think the NBA draft is one of the most boring, stupid events out there. Like, it I'm more interested in the so other bad. draft. It's, it's so uninteresting. Four of the guys end up actually being good, and then it's just a bunch of random names. It's a bunch of guys that weren't good in college, a couple foreign dudes. It is so unentertaining. And to also answer Chris's question in the comments, Yes, I did watch the game on Thursday. I watched the, the walk-off. I saw everything. I've been following along. I've been rooting for you guys. Not because I'm rooting for LSU, but because I'm, I'm rooting for you to succeed because I know that that, that helps, the, helps AYS do well. Yeah, it does, man. And it's, it's been a wild ride. And look, you know what's crazy? The guy that hit the walk-off committed to LSU a year ago today, Tommy Tanks. So, is he a freshman or was he a transfer portal guy? He was a transfer portal guy. So where did he come from? Uh, NC State. So the thing is, is, you know, at least from an LSU perspective, mm. nobody hates the transfer portal right now. And nor should they. Paul Skeens, Thatcher Hurd, Tommy Tanks. Mm. Uh, I mean, nobody hates the portal right now. And I got to be honest with you. I'm going to defend the transfer portal for baseball as long as I shall live. You know, to death to his part. It's kind of funny that we talk so much about the transfer portal for football. It's it's strange for basketball, but it has been so revolutionary for baseball. I feel like there's oh, so much movement that no one has has really talked about. It's almost that quite literally as it has been described with football that it is a minor league, major league system where guys move up. It's quite literally with that with with baseball. It feels like. Think about it like this. This is what's going on in college baseball in the portal. Imagine Bryce Young. Imagine Bryce Young going to LSU last year. Imagine. Wait, how's, how's, well, that's what Paul Skeens is. Oh. Imagine knowing what Joe Burrow was going to be. Imagine yeah. Joe Burrow going to LSU. I mean, look, we've seen it. Like, Paul Skeens is Joe Burrow. Like, the best college baseball season of all time has happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and people don't realize it. Like, people have no – Joe, you have people that are highly respected mm -hmm. that have come out and said, if the guy pitched tonight for the Yankees, he'd strike out He'd strike out 10. Which is nuts. Which is Absolutely nuts. nuts. I mean, so we'll see how it all goes. Look, I love baseball, and, and what's crazy – 
in Louisiana, as an example, specifically in the Southeast too, mm-hmm. baseball can be king. Like a lot of people believe that it's football, basketball, baseball, not here, not in the Southeast. The Southeast, it is, I could make a very strong argument it, it, in most locations, maybe, maybe not in Kentucky, but it is football and baseball. And that is the, that is it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. And I feel like it's kind of hard to say because basketball is really unpredictable because the LSU could have a really good team that gets knocked out early. But if they made a national championship run in men's basketball, what would the performance on, like, cause that's where it's core. There's a correlation. We can actually find like a correlation in the comparison. It would not Trump. They would have to win. They would have to win four national titles. For it to outdo baseball. Yes. Wow. Here, wow. here at LSU. In, at LSU yes, specifically LSU imagine, for the performance imagine, of your. Well, LSU baseball is the Alabama of football. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like Skip Bergman's the GOAT. Like all time. So, okay. You, they're not here to listen to baseball, but, which tonight no. kicks off LSU versus Florida 6 p.m. We will be doing our postgame show at, on AYS. Don't forget to send in your super chats, by the way, uh, on that as well. But, Joe, we do have a lot to talk about. You went viral last night. Yes, uh, unexpectedly. Tweeted about Trent Dilfer's yeah, comments. unexpectedly. You knew exactly <laughs> uh, what you were doing. No, I didn't. It was such a shot-in-the-dark comment. I, I make so many stupid comments on Twitter that don't go viral, or I make more uh, astute observations than what that was. I said, it's freaking awesome that Trent Dilfer called out the coaches. That's not exactly a, a, a big breakdown take there. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh... What's interesting is Dilfer, you know, responded to you. Yes. Yes, he followed me back. But it's we're going to get into those comments by saying that if anyone tries to come after his guys, he is going to call those names out and he is not going to be afraid to publicly state who those who those coaches are that are trying to take his players. Well, we know who it is, but I'm going to go on the flip side. I know you I know you're on a Trent Dilfer high right now. I'm going to be I'm going to be very uh down the middle. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sway heavy on Trent because of he, the fact that he followed me. Okay. I promise. We'll I promise. I promise. Okay. That's not all we got to talk about. We're gonna go out to L.A. where you're at. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about and do a deep dive on USC. Joe, it doesn't matter. We know what they are offensively. There's only one thing. One thing I have circled. What do you think it is? The Pac-12 champion. Oh, you're talking about the defense. That's what you're saying. Yeah, defense. Yes. That's it. It's the only thing I'm talking about today. I know what they're going to be offensively. Yeah. At this point, Lincoln Riley is an offensive genius. I don't care what anybody says. The dude can coach yeah. offense. Yeah. Defensively, what, we're gonna, what are they going to do? We'll talk on USC. We'll do our deep dive on them as well. And Brian Kelly on NIL. Um, I will give a little bit of background to this. Um, and not being political – Okay, I will have to get a little political just in what I say in reference to Brian Kelly and Nick Saban teamed up to go talk with Steve Scalise and Washington, D.C., who was the my majority or minority whip. Somebody in the comments, I'm sure, will tell me. Uh, but went to Congress and went to speak on NIL. Saban and Kelly both uh, have teamed up on this. Basically, it's a little bit of a photo shoot. Okay. 
I've already teed off on, on the NCAA. So, Joe, if you don't remember, I think mm. Brian Kelly's just trying to get out in front of this by saying, listen, we try to tell the NCAA what to do. They didn't listen. The NCAA was asked what by Congress a couple of weeks ago what they should do in NIL. Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, said what those guys said. Like, they were supposed to present a template of what Congress should do with NIL. They did. They were not ready nor prepared. So just want to preface why yes. Brian Kelly was again asked about NIL uh, in reference to that. So we'll talk about all three of those things. Massive show here today uh, or this morning. And it's good, good, good to be back. All right. Uh, Chris said he's the majority whip. So, okay. I don't want to get into politics. Like I don't. Yeah, let's, let's see if we can. I think it would be an accomplishment if you and I don't get into a shouting match over, over that. I won't let us. I, I, I let's say that I won't let us go down that. I'm just hole. so tired. Again, is nil the issue? Okay, or is regulations around the portal an issue? Is tampering an issue? So, right. because Joe, before we get rolling here, LSU got popped this week on a five-year-long investigation. It's already done with. Like yes, yeah. So, for an example. For the football thing, Joe, that happened 14 years ago. Yes, that was a while ago. It's old 14, news. 14 years ago, this happened, and they're trying to come, they're trying to hit LSU with it. By the way, the player involved, his father got $183,000. LSU paid Our Lady of the Lake, the Children's Hospital, $20.6 million in return. As a unit, 20.6. Which is, which is, yeah, I, 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 again, I think that the, that so, I almost said to you, let's talk about that. But at the same time, as you're talking old. about here, it's it's such old news. It would have been worth covering 14 years ago, <laughs> but right now it's like okay, uh, an yeah, outcome that look, we expected happen. John Paul Funes has done his time in federal prison. He is out. He has mm-hmm. a job. He's moved forward. Will Wade's got a 10-game suspension. Penny Hardaway's got a three-game suspension. Bill Self, I'm assuming, is going to get a five-game suspension. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Move forward. You know who else, though, Joe, that loves all of this because you can bet on how many games they can be suspended? Wait, can you actually? That'd be pretty cool if you could. No, I don't think you can. (laughs) We should pitch that to him. (laughs) But our good friends over at betonline.ag – Use your mobile device today. Let's talk about them. But everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media platforms. If you're on Facebook, you guys continue to kill it. Share to those groups. Share to your own pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, we have gotten to the 1,000 subscribers. Are we still waiting on YouTube here? Yeah, it's a couple-week verification process to be officially monetized. But I would like to give a quick shout-out to our viewers because it has been an explosion over the past month. And I'm going to say this every freaking show. The football season is going to be bonkers if that's the result of viewership that we got in the first uh, in the six non-playing months. Playing portion of the season, yes, right. Exactly. In the non-playing portion of the year, yeah. So hit the subscribe and notification bell if you haven't done so already. And wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well. Let's talk about our good friends though over at BenOnline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to talk about next. BenOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines find reviews for all the news for each league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports college sports 
esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, B-L-E-A-V, 5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Have you missed that? A little bit. A little bit. That gives me a lot of juice, I will say. I do it it does get me going. I did miss it. Uh, you know who doesn't get it doesn't give juice to? Who? The University of Texas. They still suck. <laughs> All right. So Joe, let's let's can we hit on this Trent Dilfer thing first since you went viral yes. on it? Okay. Yes, let's talk one about point, it. like what, one point million like a million people have already seen your uh three hundred and four thousand people have already seen your tweet. Okay. Yes. So I want to play this very quickly. It is Trent Dilfer, and he's talking about uh, tampering. So I don't want to paraphrase it. I just actually want to listen to Trent Dilfer here. So let's do this. Let's bring this up here, Joe. Let's listen to Trent Dilfer and what he has to say here about college football and tampering. And it's easy for a coach to say, oh, man, you're going to jump right into this nickel spot, and you're going to play on national televised games every week. and that's By the way, Joe, really can you hear that? Say. And then Kiss yes, shows can. up, and he's like, well, wait a second. Why am I the third guy? By the way, come try to get my guys. Right. Like, come, I dare you, <laughs> Power Fives. I got a pretty pretty big platform that I can step on. Yeah. And if I find you in my kids' DMs, and if I find you talking to high school coaches about my kids, if you're in my roster, I'm going to call your ass out. I'm going to say it by name to the biggest voices in television today and it's going to make game day and it's going to make sports center. It's going to make, because by the way, those guys running sports center are still my friends. That's right. I still got their. So sale. go ahead. I dare you to jump into my roster. And I told the American coach the same thing. I said, why don't you guys have the, you know, what's to stand up and say, get out of my roster. Right. I said, here's why. Cause you want their job. Oh, I want, you said it. I want this job. That's right. I don't want no power. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. Right. I want this job. I want the city of Birmingham to say, no, that's our city. That's our coach. Right. And so go ahead. I'm not scared of whoever the grand poopah of poopahs to blackball me. Right. Like get out of my roster. This All right. That's UAB head coach Trent Dilfer. About tampering. Mm-hmm. Joe, I'm going to go just go ahead and kick it off to you. Go ahead. You went viral on it, and you said that you were, you loved that he said that, but I think that we need to dive into that a little bit more. But go ahead. What do you think about Trent Dilford, the UAB head coach, and his statements on tampering? So I know that there's multiple layers to this. Obviously, he needs to not be a hypocrite, and he needs to not go after other rosters, which I know that we're going to talk about. But on the surface level level of his statement, the importance of what he's saying, no coaches ever call out these 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 Power Five guys. I know multiple players, and there's one in particular who was at a high level FCS program that was competing for a national championship. That was a third round pick that I know for a fact Saban offered him uh, six figures to come to come play for him. And he turned it down and he stuck at the FCS school. He was not in the portal, had no intention of leaving. 
That is the problem that we're currently dealing with, that tampering. And a lot of these head coaches know that it's happening because these players that turn it down come back to their coaches and they say, so-and-so just DM'd me. They all know that it's happening, but mm -hmm. nobody calls them out. The only coach who's done anything close to it is Pat Narduzzi, but it's kind of hard to take him seriously sometimes with some of the other things that he says. When a boy cries wolf too many times, it backfires with Narduzzi. Yes. Right. We've talked on that. I want to see this in action. That's the big thing for me. I, I really hope that somebody comes after one of Dilfer's guys that is currently on the roster, has no intention of leaving. I had a lot of people who commented on this and were like, like, oh, why, why would he interfere with somebody going to a bigger program? It's not about that. It's not about the guys who already know that they want to go and know that they have the opportunity without getting approached ahead of time. That's completely different. The guys that are currently on the roster, that are committed, that want to play at UAB, if SEC programs, Big Ten programs, come sniffing around that roster and start offering checks before they even think about going in the portal, that's what needs to be called out. And if he says this and he's serious about it, I want to see it. I want to see him call somebody out. I want to see him go on SportsCenter and talk shit. That's exactly what I want. Okay. So you talked about there being layers to this. There are layers to it. Okay. Number one, do I agree with him about tampering being bad? Yes, I do. I don't think it should be happening. I, I think everybody agrees with that, okay? There's a reason why the NBA doesn't allow it. The NFL doesn't allow it. There's a lot of things about, you know, look, it's not allowed in, a, in professional sports. Mm -hmm. We know why. Here's the massive problem I have, Okay. The massive problem that I have is quite simple. I know that Trent Dilfer ain't innocent. Okay. Look, Joe, we I built a living on sourcing. Mm -hmm. And I honestly wasn't feeling the greatest yesterday. I kind of just mingled around the house a little because I was feeling bad. And... As soon as this was published, I had an FCS head coach call me and said that, talking about Dilfer, he said that dude is so full of ish. He DM, he, one of his assistant coaches DM'd us, DM one of our players and said, hey man, we think you could start here. So I get what he's trying to do and he's not wrong. Yeah. But as the good book says, okay, if you are going to call out sin or cast the first stone, he shall have no sin. Secondly, he's what he's doing there is he's calling out Saban. This has already happened. Saban's already went and got one of his guys. And now I know it's from the old regime, but no, it's not. The kid left when Trent Dilfer was the head coach. But let me just throw this out here, too. The reason that happened, you want to know why the reason it happened? Why? Saban took, I mean, Tilfer, Dilfer took Saban's best assistant coach that's not, a, that's not a coordinator, okay, and Mortensen. Trent better be careful because as easily as he can be called out or he can call out people, he can also be called out. Just going to say, don't cast a first stone when you're out here sinning yourself. 
That's a really good point. So that's what I was saying, that there are absolutely multiple layers to this. If he he can't be doing it. Like he can't be the one who's also going after FCS rosters because frankly, that is what has, what leads to success for these, these G five programs is how they develop is going and grabbing the top level FCS guys, the guys that don't no go down to P five. They need those football players. But as you're talking about here, he, if he is threatening to violate the coaching fraternity, because he's not one of them. And if he's threatening to say, you know, I'm not one of you guys. I'm not trying to be buddy-buddy with you guys. I don't care. I'm going to call you out. Well, then all the lower-level guys are going to do it, too. All Correct. the guys at the FCS programs that aren't trying to make friends with him are going to do it, too. And, look, maybe maybe it's the case it was one of his assistants that – not saying he went rogue. He probably was aware that it, it might happen. It but doesn't matter. He so needs to lock it down and prevent know. it from happening, though. He, he can't let it, anyone go rogue. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if one person goes rogue. Because I can make the same argument. My pen dropped. But I can make the same argument for Saban, okay? The same exact thing. Here's the truth. You want me to tell you what the truth is? All these coaches are crybabies. The that ones that are complaining about NIL and the transfer portal are crybabies. They're always the ones who take advantage of it the most no the ones that are really taking advantage of it i ain't saying nothing saban has not named outside of jmo which is different that's different because the kid wasn't getting playing time like he wasn't tampering with him okay Mm -hmm. like the kid just wasn't getting playing time and he left ohio state yeah i'm gonna just tell you something nick saban tampered his ass off with eli ricks and it backfired okay so the coaches that continue to complain about it, Saban, aren't having success. You know who hasn't said a word about it? Brian Kirby. Kelly and Lincoln Riley hadn't said one thing about the portal, really. Yeah. You know why? Because they took five and five, six and six rosters and damn near won their division. No, they won their division. They damn near won their conference. So I don't have a problem with players transferring, I never have. No, that's now, not the issue. The portal, do I think the portal is a big problem? Yes, because the way they have it structured. But if a kid doesn't want to play for you anymore, Joey doesn't want to play for you anymore. The only thing I'm saying about Dilfer, and I love Trent Dilfer. Let me let mm-hmm. me just, I love Trent Dilfer. But he needs to be careful here, because if he wants to run a program that's going to be successful. Joe, you have high school coaches in Tennessee saying that he was plucking public school kids to go to his private school. That Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a little more alleged. I feel like it's going to be a little harder to prove. Not alleged. Prove. It's not alleged because uh, we, we know for a fact the kids that transferred to a school. That's true. So what? How does a kid go true. from a public school as a quarterback, go to this private school, and then they, they won a championship? Yeah, but, you're, but you're also not incentivizing those kids. Like, you're not offering Do you know them. that? Do you know that? What money does a, a – does it like a – to offer oh, a, a pay to – You could Raiola offer a scholarship. Where did Dylan, what did Dylan Raiola do this week? He's transferring to, to a, a private school in Georgia. But, okay, but you don't think do you that, know, do that – Do you understand – Look, listen. You don't think that the University of Georgia doesn't have a hand in that in that movement? I don't think you understand Buford. 
I don't know anything about. Buford. I don't. Under, I don't Benson. think you understand the South's co- uh, high school football. Joe, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. There is a massive likelihood likelihood that every kid that will go to a college, not a P five, okay, every kid at Buford High School in Georgia, if they don't step foot on a P five campus. They are downgrading from their high school facilities to the college facilities. It's a massive downgrade. They have five practice fields, all turf. Hey, look, I know that it's ser- I know that it's very, very serious. It's now. very I serious. It so is. my point is. is, my point is, Georgia don't need a damn thing to do with putting their hand in at Buford. No, I don't know. It, it's kind of helpful to have him nearby to, you know, to, to sure. If he's sure fully committed, I'm not saying from a recruiting standpoint, it's like, let's have him nearby so that we can work with them. I, I feel like that there had to have been some hand oh. in that decision. You mean to tell me that Trent Dilfer ain't got big business? You know how much, you know how much the tuition is for the, the school that Trent Dilfer coached out a year? Probably like 30, 50, 30 to 50. $75,000 a year. That's freaking insane. Look, here, here's one thing, though, that I just I want to add to this. And it's, again, I, I everybody knows the way that I commented this. I'm on, on Dilfer's side. I love Trent Dilfer. I think that he's going to make for a great head coach. But as you're saying, what's important here is that he does need to be careful. Because not only is everything we just talked about with, you know, people are going to call him out. But he needs to understand, and I'm sure that he does, the coaching landscape of these big programs, they are very maniacal. They're very no Machiavellian. They will they will operate behind the scenes to, to F him over as quickly as possible. Well, and they've got too many damn connections, really too much it. money in different places. Well, let me tell you how they're really doing. You want me? It's not coaches that are t- the ones tampering. It's the boosters. It's the those boosters. are the ones who who can come come back to really hurt him. Well, correct because listen, I'm gonna all right. Let me say this in a way, and I don't want to. Co- I don't want this opinion to correlate to the negativity that we're talking about because he's not doing this. I know mm-hmm. Todd, and Todd is not doing this. Okay, but let me just throw this out there for you. So, and I'll use even our school LSU. Do you know what Raising Canes is? Yes. Okay. Raising Canes, the CEO is a massive LSU booster. Okay. He bought $30,000 worth of Jello shots in Omaha this week to win the thing, you know, the Jello shot thing, which, by the way, now he didn't even have to do that because LSU fans just broke the record by themselves anyway. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's the thing, though, okay? If that man's spending $30,000 in Jello shots, what do you think he's doing behind the scenes in NIL? Okay? Probably a lot more. Probably a lot more. I you I can use that for every school, Ohio State, Michigan. That's that's happening everywhere. What I do know is it's not the coaches doing it. The coaches aren't look, majority of coaches aren't stupid enough to DM a kid on Twitter. You know what they do? Mm-hmm. The boosters will reach out and get on a phone call because the likelihood of them taping that phone call isn't that likely. Kids aren't that smart. But you know what I do like about this? is that Trent isn't wrong, and people do need to be called out. But the mouthpiece, 
that needs to do this is not Nick Saban. It's not Trent Dilfer. I don't know who the right person is to do it. I, I really don't. I know that – and Lane Kiffin isn't the right person because Lane, uh, Nick Saban goes out there, Joe, and says, hey, listen, you know, look what Jimbo's doing. Well, buddy, you literally just did the ex ex same exact thing. It is so hypocritical, Joe. Like, that's why when everybody's like, Saban's so right. No, Saban's an idiot. He's an idiot. Go play VR, which we missed this week, okay, because we weren't on the shows. Mm -hmm. Go play VR, dude. Go hit that jab, jab, body shot. Live your life. Do yeah. what you do. Stop calling people out for the same exact thing you're doing. I hate hypocrites. That is a hypocritical move. You're saying the Saban, Saban's move is hypocritical. Saban doing it. Gilford yes. doing it. Hypocritical. It's hypocritical. Look, that's kind of why I want to see it in practice. I want to see what happens. Well, I really want to see what happens. Happen? Let me tell you what's going to happen. If the same exact thing that happened to Saban is the same exact thing that's going to happen to Dilfer, if not worse. So just a back and forth in press conference. Yeah, and, and listen, listen, Dilfer's not going to be the face of this. Let me tell you what he's really saying, okay, and before we move on. Let me tell you yeah. what he's really saying. What he's really saying, because he brought in ESPN to this, he brought in his buddies to this, like our, uh, what is, what's Eric's title? Uh, pre president or okay, executive so producer. Our, the president of our company, Believe. Yeah. Him and Dilfer are close. You know what Dilfer does? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Hey, Eric, it's Trent. Can you get Rafino and Joe to run out here and say that Alabama is doing this and this and this with this player? Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, he's, he's not, not gonna, he's not gonna no. be the face of it. Okay. So he's smart in the way that he's doing it. He but now he's played his hand. He should have kept his mouth shut. The the other last piece to this I actually want to add, I question the capability of that coming through because if he is going to go to somebody at ESPN and say, like, I have X, Y evidence that this this coach is doing X, Y, Z. I need you to I you should report on this. Why is it in ESPN's best interest to report on that when they have money tied to these conferences, big money tied to these conferences? Why does it have that in their best inter interest to make them look bad, to make those conferences look corrupt? I, I would worry that the the corporate good point. machine is going to maybe silence this. And maybe that's an, a, a, a part of this that he didn't account well, for. Didn't, His well, reasoning, thing, but they didn't silence um... – they did not silence Saban when he did it. Well, because he just blurted it out at a booster thing. No, he but they wrote it. They they yes. talked about it for weeks. Because then it was public at that point. It's like, well, Saban right. said it, so we're just going to read into the drama. So if there is a, I agree with that. That is the approach that a lot of these guys do, and I, I actually think that with Dilfer's comments of like these guys are afraid to call them out publicly is very true, and they're just generally going to be afraid to call out coaches because. They're friends with them. They want them to give them jobs. They want to get their jobs and, and whatnot. They don't want to create bad relationships with athletic directors and whatnot. But I also think that's another piece here, that if anyone has ever tried to, I'm willing to bet that Fox, uh, ESPN, CBS, all of these, these companies have absolutely squashed the possibility of some things getting public. No, and you know what else they want? You know why this isn't a big thing? If 
so I talked to it. You know this, but I'll I'll share this. You know that I've talked to some ESPN execs. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what they you know what they love the most? What NIL and the transfer portal because dominating what? teams get eyeballs. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They they don't want uh, they don't, they LSU love, Alabama to get sanctioned. They don't want that. B I N G O and Bingo was his name. Oh, all right. Let's transition here. Let's. You want to do our deep dive on USC? Yeah, let's do that first, and then to give us as little time as possible to not scream at each other about Brian Kelly. I'm not. I don't have the. I don't have the energy. <laughs> Here's the truth. Okay. Of the last 14 days, uh-huh. I have done a show in the last 13 of them. And I actually did a show with somebody else last night as a, as a guest. Mentally, I am exhausted. I can't, I'm not, I can't come out here. Buddy, I am physically and emotionally drained. Well, we've got a, we have a much-needed vacation break coming up for the 4th oh, of July. Because as soon as this, conf- as soon as this is over, uh-huh. okay, Football season is upon us. That is so true. So we're going to be going balls to the wall for the next 10 months. That is true. All right. So let's transition to USC. Let's do this, though. Since we missed a couple of shows, let's talk about our friends over at Online again very quickly, mm-hmm. and then let's reset. Let's do this deep dive on USC. This is where I'm probably going to scream. Okay. All right. Be back. Wait. Don't go anywhere. Back next. Oh, and by the way, I got some news. That's what you call in this business a drop. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Back next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's Believe50 B-L-E-A-V 5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. Dot A-G. All right. So today we're going to do our USC deep dive. Let me start off here, Joe, by saying the complete obvious. Okay. USC is going to be really good offensively. I, I don't I don't care about what they got in the portal and the offensive line, their receivers, their running backs. They got the, arguably one of, if not the best quarterback room in the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I already know what I'm getting from Lincoln Riley. I don't even feel like personally, I need to even break that any of that down because I know what's coming. Okay. They're going to be really good offensively. Maybe do they need to get a little better? in their running game at times? Do they need to get a little bit better in protection? Yes. Like, we get at, we can talk about it. You have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get. There's only one thing that I want that I did a deep dive on. I did nothing really offensively. I know that 
they're going to run the, the RPO where the backside guard and the backside tackle are going to pull to make the t- defensive lineman make a decision. Either they're going to give it because they're going to stay, they're going to pull it and th- throw the slant. I, look, I have done more film study on Lincoln Riley's offense, Joe. I could tell you the plays that he's calling. Ask any of my offensive line buddies that come watch games with us. I legitimately can call what he's going to do. I mm. love him. And I love Lincoln Riley's offensive philosophy from an O line standpoint. I think it's a I think it's it's an offensive lineman's dream. Offensive linemen want to get out in space. They want to pull. They want to get their face mask in the chest of a little 185-pound DB. Okay? They do. They love it. Alex Grinch deserves to be fired. Okay. He should have been. He should have been. Let's call it what it is. He should have been fired. But, but, I told you three months ago that I had a while, I had a card in my back pocket for USC. And why I think that, and I, I didn't use those verbiage, that verbiage. I just said I wanted to see something. I wanted to see what mm-hmm. they wanted to do in the portal. I went back and watched our show this morning at 6 a.m. This is my exact words. Are you ready? Alex Grinch is going to have to get better up front defensively if they want to sniff winning the Pac-12. You know what he did in the portal? Got Barry Alexander and he got Anthony Lucas. And not only that, he got Mason Cobb, the linebacker, and he went and got Jack Sullivan from Purdue. Okay? He accomplished that. I still don't think it's going to be enough. Blake, here's my thing. That's exactly exactly right. Offensively, this team is going to be one of the best in the country. We knew who Caleb Williams is. They retooled. They refueled on, on at receiver. Dorian Singer is going to be a great replacement for Jordan Addison. They're not going to miss a freaking step. And the offensive line was a liability last year, and they went and added Emmanuel Pregnon, who is a fantastic uh, interior offensive lineman. Right. That offense is going to put up stupid historic numbers Barring that there is no injury to Caleb Williams, which we saw when he's hurt. Which, if not we're the same be team. honest, if we're in that in that league, they have a five star quarterback that could come in and win games depending on which year part of the season that uh, Caleb Williams would go down. Yes, Malachi Nelson. Malachi Nelson can win them five games. Depends who they're playing. I don't think that they can, he can he can't beat Washington or Oregon, Oregon Washington young. or Utah, and he started uh-huh. those five games. They're winning them all. If he I goes, don't think if he I don't goes think he can against beat Colorado, they're smacking that ass. Okay, don't want to go too far in that down that rabbit hole. Okay, okay. I am impressed with the additions along the defensive line, though. They're that is going good. to be very significant for them to win their Pac-12 games, to beat Notre Dame, to beat Washington, to beat Oregon. Those Agreed. are the three circled games on the schedule for me but their biggest liability in 2022 Blake was at defensive back and a lot of people no if you look at the statistics it, it doesn't suggest that they had a, ba- a bad secondary but if you watch the film their secondary stunk and I and we're going to get so many stupid comments in here on the clip of this video that we're going to post on the YouTube channel well they averaged x y and z amount that they gave I I'm I look at the results of what happened in these games. They got a lot of turnovers in early games against bad quarterbacks. But their secondary was horrible last year. They lost Mikai Blackman, who was one of their better players. 
They did add Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona, but I don't see how much better they got. That to me is going to still be the biggest liability, and there is no difference in the quality. What has always been the biggest crutch for Lincoln Riley in his time at Oklahoma? It's been the secondary. He's actually done a fine job of recruiting the defensive line. Their right. secondary has been very, very problematic in his entire time as a head coach. And Alex Grinch clearly can't freaking coach it either. I have legitimate concerns that they can't play defense in the back end. How are you going to stop Michael Penix and Roma Dunze from beating you deep? How are you going to, t- how are you going to stop Bo Nix from picking you apart? It is going to require a massive, massive effort from Anthony Lucas and Bear Alexander. Well, so look, I look at, okay, like Michael Pratt from Tulane, okay? Mm-hmm. He didn't have an electric game. He went 8 of 17. And who are his, his receivers? That's my point, okay? and But the thing is, this is what I did look at. All right, in that game against Tulane, Joe, Michael Pratt had eight completions. He went eight for 17, below 50%. He had eight completions that went for 234 yards. Okay? Now, do the math on that. Eight completions, 234 yards. That is bad tackling. Bad Terrible tag- coverage. But thank you. Okay, that's what I have written down. How does that happen? That means that defensively, you're lost. You can't tackle. You can't cover. They did, though, have some games where they did do some things defensively. Like DTR last year, they picked him off three times, but he still threw for 309 yards. But and he's but like that's my whole point is that the guys but, that they had this production are like DTR's fine. He's not but, the most best but, decision maker. But sorry. But Cam Rising lit them up. Twice. Twice. Dalton Kincaid dominated them. Here's he the helping. flip side of that coin though. I have all three of these games pulled up. Okay? DTR threw for 309. Joe, guess how many times he got sacked? Once. Michael Pratt arguably had the most difficult game against them, but still had eight completions for 234 yards. He got sacked four times. Cam Rising lit them up, got sacked once. You know what's going to help their coverage? The immense pressure that Bear Alexander and Anthony Lucas could get on other quarterbacks. The biggest problem for me, Joe, was not always their secondary because when you run zone coverage, eventually the zone is going to break down. Okay? it That's what a zone coverage is built on. Early success, late denial. Okay? Is what they is what they – the verbiage that they use. They got to get more pressure on the quarterback. They were horrific at getting pressure after the quarterback. The biggest games that they play, Joe, they um, average one sack. One. I I don't disagree with that. Well, and there's I, no disagreeing, Joe. It's, it, there's no disagree. You know why okay. there can't be a disagreement? Because mm-hmm. statistically, we have the back end of, Joe, they only had a sack. They were only getting a sack. Yes. 
that is, again, extremely important. And we saw, what did the best team in college football do last year better than anybody else? They Georgia, got after the quarterback. They ate people up with their defensive line and the rotations that they had. So, I look, I, there, you can't disagree with that statement. That is what is now the most important thing in college football is what you do up front, especially on the defensive line. But, again, this is why I'm referencing the film. Like, if you go back and watch those games, it's, it's bad. The coverage wasn't horrific. But the tackling by their defensive backs was horrible. Well, Terrible. It, 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 but if you go back and look, so I went and watched the first Utah-USC game, okay? The one that rising through 415 yards against him. Mm -hmm. Well, Joe, there he had, Cam Rising doesn't even get hit in the first matchup. In two games and over 70 passing attempts mm -hmm. and 700 yards, Joe, he only got sacked once. I, I agree that their tackling is horrific. I, I can't defend that, right? right? Like, I cannot come on here and defend any of that. The problem, though, I don't think is all in their secondary. I think that the main problem is what they did up front. And it's why always Alex Grinch and USC and Lincoln Riley's defenses have been so bad because they've been so bad up front. Mm-hmm. Like, Here. that is – that is, Joe, I can't emphasize how bad that they were the last year up front. They were look, getting clapped. Like, again, yeah. I look at Utah. They only ran for 142 yards the first time, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not too terribly bad, right? But then I looked the second time, and the second time, they gave up 237 yards on the ground. Uh, uh, J J uh, the Jaquindon kid had 107 yards. Bernard had 88. Ryzen had 27. And Caleb Williams, quite honestly, had 90 yards rushing on that big, that one big play he had. But he's running for his outright life. Both yeah. sides of the offense and defensive line, Joe, were horrific. And it got better. It got better. And this, this is where I see that it translates, though, Blake. Is Nathan, Ty Floyd. I saw that I was I saw that the baseball yeah, comment. Uh, I, got, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more typhoid. <laughs> Where this projects, though, their boost on the offense and defensive line is going to set them up to be more successful in the Pac-12 championship. No game. doubt, and I I think that they have a stronger likelihood, and it's it would be reckless to not predict them to win the Pac-12 championship game. I don't say that they go undefeated. I think that there is a likelihood that they lose a game where they get bullied and somebody runs the ball down their throat. But I'm going to – this needs to be emphasized right now. This team is not good enough to win a playoff game. It's not. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because th if this is a one-loss team and they win the Pac-12, they're going to be the four seed. Any other team is going to be I ranked don't agree, I don't agree with that. You think that they, get, they can go as high as three? I think they could go as high as two. Oh, I had I wouldn't put them ahead of a Big Ten team with one loss. I absolutely would not do that. Well, but what if they went undefeated? Then the then the conversation gets a little bit different. But wherever they are, there's a really good chance that they play an SEC team. You telling me you if they play why, LSU, you Alabama, know why they would put them at two? You want me to tell you why they put them at two? Why? Because college football. Well, here's the thing: mm. USC is not a Pac-12 school anymore going to be a big 10 okay, so it doesn't matter 
but their schedule the past year is going to be a Pac-12 schedule. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what what uh, what I'm getting at here is that if <laughs> it don't, Joe, 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 it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter, bro. Okay, you know what I did. It, it don't matter. Come on out. Okay, all right. All right. I don't see any shot. And again, the USC fans, you guys are going to get upset. Go ahead, feel free to get upset because you guys hate me anyways. I don't like you either. I'm going to continue to say that. Georgia. Alabama, LSU, and Michigan. If they play any of those four teams, they, they don't have their, they would get waxed. They will get bullied on up front. They're improved on the offensive defensive line. They do not have the bodies to go against those dudes. They absolutely they do not. They don't have well. I'm gonna counteract that. Do they do have the bodies if they're fully healthy? They do. They don't have the depth. They yes. don't have the depth of any. They don't of, have the SEC depth or the. Well, Big they don't depth. have. I, I, they don't have Florida State's depth. They don't have Ohio State's depth. They don't have Michigan's depth. I didn't they even mention Florida, Florida State. I completely forgot about Florida. Yeah, State. like they don't have Florida State's depth. I, I'm going to be real with you, and listen, I, I listen. I got. I had a okay. Don't obliterate this when you hear it. Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. I had an SEC coach. Tell me that he who. All right, I got to be careful. Clemson, they haven't got Clemson's. Yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, hey. <laughs> but but yeah, but the oh, only thing is Clemson doesn't have the offense to keep up. With okay, okay. That, that that's why I wanted to be careful, and I didn't want you yeah. to obliterate it. Okay, because yeah. we're talking I'm defense. Not going to. Yes. Okay. You know who else? They, they, I don't think that they have A&M's depth. I don't think that they have Alabama's depth. No. I don't – look, so full circle – Full. can I tell you something that you won't agree with? I never – I never agree with you, so go ahead. Okay. I, I'm going to get obliterated for this take. I think that USC, if – went to play at Texas A&M today. Up front, USC gets destroyed. That statement I don't disagree with, but I uh, USC wins that. I'm not game. saying that A&M wins, okay? okay? I, like don't don't misunderstand that, they, okay? They they probably I actually so here's how I think a game like that would would this is all very hypothetical cuz it's not going to happen, but it would play out I feel like Notre Dame USC last year, where Notre Dame had the defensive front to create penetration. Correct. Ken Williams is such Correct. a freaking good athlete that he went back and forth, and then he found Jordan Addison on his third right. cutback, and then he connected with him, and then they they picked up a fifty four yard game. Not winning the game, like let's not like let's not get crazy here. That's where all well, this gets complicated, though. Is Caleb Williams' improvisational ability is that you could have you could have penetration that isn't accounted for in the stat book. Because the dude can just evade everything. Correct. But again, when you turn on that all 22 copy, though, mm -hmm. you're going to be like, okay, AM just destroyed it. Like, Joe, AM lost to Appalachian State last year, right? Remember? Yeah. I watched that all 22 copy a couple weeks ago. Okay. Dude, the offensive line for Appalachian State got murdered. Okay. Like, physically. Outright murdered. Yeah. It was that they had, I mean, 
This is you want to know what a quarterback, uh, a really good transcendent quarterback, does for your team? Look at A and M. Look at A and M. Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> I look at that. And I'm like, oh, dude, USC. It, it, they would just get bullied up front. And but I do like if 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 Lucas could stay healthy. If Bear Alexander can stay healthy, if the kid from Purdue, or I think it's Solomon, can stay healthy, mm-hmm. they can be decent. And I think that they're going to be okay. But I'm with you, dude. They're not going to win a playoff game. No. They're not going to win a playoff game. That, so. That's the, the most optic. Again, I, I don't like USC. I don't like USC fans. But me conceding that takes a lot to admit that they can reach the playoff. That's, that's what I'll leave it at before we talk about Kelly. Well, look, I'm going to tell you something. And this might be my last song on this. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon is a better coached overall team. Much more. It's going to be much more disciplined. They will be a much more. That's a good way of putting it. That's a really good way of putting it. That probably is the correct verbiage I should have used. Yeah. Much more disciplined. Mm. Wow! 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 Holy crud! Um. Wow. So, a coach just texted me. Okay, hi, uh, SEC coach. Mm-hmm. Just text me. There's a um, well, you know him. You know him. He shows you some love too. He uh, just texted me. So, 2025 running back in Louisiana, Harlem Barry. Yeah, he is at the Under Armour All American game, like the next level, like uh, skill combat, whatever, like skill. He just ran a four two eight electronic time in high, from high school. See, those times scare me, and I don't know how legit they are, but that's still freaking bonkers. That's, so even if it's a hand time, insane. even if it's a hand time, that's still nuts. Well, he's still running a 4-3-8. Yes. Like, Joe, think about this. One Mississippi. That's the difference. Yes. <laughs> yes. 4-3-8. Uh, it's a 2025 kid. 2025. So listen, I saw Harlan Berry last year mm. catch a ball. Catch, I think it was a punt or punt, kick return. Not only did he reverse fields once, he reversed fields twice. He went boom, boom, boom. And a kid that won a 100 meter dash in Louisiana tried to run him down and got burned. You think he's going to LSU or is he committed? Uh, he's not committed, but listen. We're talking about raising canes earlier, <laughs> right? But also a running back in state. Uh, is it Frank Wilson's the yeah the, Frank the Wilson? Back? But he's, he's not, not he's not out. a traditional running back though. Like he's not a he's Man, not a running between the tackles type of back. He's a, yeah, he's a speed back, scat back. I would assume based on what you're yeah. Describing if, he, if you get him out in space, he's you know what he can. You know what you know what he, I honestly think he can be. Mm-hmm. I think he can be Jameer Gibbs. I was just about to say him or uh, Etienne is usually the the two that I go to. Uh, Etienne's Etienne. more physical. Well, Travis Etienne, the not Trevor. Travis, the the well, Travis player. is more. Travis is physical now. Yeah, yeah, he could run between the tackles a little bit. Yeah, true. All right, so listen, you want to get to this Brian Kelly thing real quick? Yeah, let's let's see how how how, how concise we can be. All right, go ahead. What, what what's your what? Well, so no, no, Lee, go ahead and go 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 ahead and lead it in, and and all I'm saying. I don't is, even know what, what he said. I don't even. I don't. So you said like I don't even remember what he said because he said so much. No, what part bothers you? 
No, it's not that the part of it bothers me. I just like I feel like we you and I always get down whenever we talk about regulation. We always kind of just start yelling at each other without listening to each other. So that's what I mean by concise is that we're not gonna go, go ahead. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not the statement all he made was and it's it's in line with stuff that I had said is that the, there needs to be regulation. He said college athletics is at a crossroads if this doesn't get fixed. Where's title nine in all of this? Where's division two sports? Where's division three sports? If every state is tailor, tailor, tailoring bills to their own self-interest rather than the health of college athletics as a whole, that's not going to work. We need to do something. There needed to be something publicly behind it. This is going to I be the same for everyone. I think it better I'm, be than right. I've never disagree. Hold on. Yeah. I have never disagreed for there needing to be regulation or regular uh, regu uh, regulations on it. I've never disagreed with that. My argument has been, okay. My argument has been, okay. What do you regulate? That's a good point. I mean, that's a like, good point. And, and it's it, not Joe. I am not for, I, I swear to God, I am not for saying that there shouldn't be regulations. My point is, is how do you regulate capitalism? That was the part that I'm trying to make, right? Like, I get what he's saying, but just because he says we need regulations doesn't make Brian Kelly right. Yeah, and it's kind of a vague statement that he's making. I, I mostly wanted to bring it up because it was a coach talking about it, and it's your head coach who's talking about it. Oh, well, go ahead. It. What do you think about what he's saying? I, I, I think that he's absolutely right, and I think that we, we need, as I've said multiple times on this program, we need national legislation that puts regulations in place that protects the businesses that protects the athletes. And then also See, that is where me and you disagree. That is, that is where you are. Right, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> continue, continue. I'm not saying another word. Look, I'm putting myself on mute. 